0: Yeah, this is Alan Sandler, the next guest that will be on On Screen and Beyond, relating to Lance Link's Secret Chimp, the series of, that I produced in the 1970s.
1: Welcome to episode 217 of On Screen and Beyond. I'm your host, Brian Zimmerack, and this is your weekly look into what's coming your way as far as movies, remakes, sequels, and TV and movie DVD releases, as well, of course, as our ever popular interview segment with a guest from the movie, TV, or music industry. This is the show that brings you the stories right from the mouths of the celebrities. And it's each week we do this right here on On Screen and Beyond. So, this week, our guest, we got a great guest. This is Alan Sandler. He was a producer of many shows, but the one that we're going to be talking about in particular is the DVD release of Lancelot Link's Secret Chimp. That's out now, and uh, it's a great show. If uh, if you get kids, be sure to have them, uh, you know, watch this one. But uh, for the older people, it's, uh, you know, something to remember because it's a good show, a lot of fun. It was done with all chimpanzees. Now, you know right there that's great having chimpanzees on a show <laughs> I mean, what more can you want but uh anyways the show was a lot of fun to watch and it's uh out on dvd so you can pick that up lancelot link secret chip alan sandler is going to be talking with us in just a few minutes so stick around for that he's got some great stories and what do you say i think it's getting close to uh time to find out what's coming your way as far as remake madness next right here on on screen and beyond <laughs> up and try again. Remake Madness, well, a whole bunch of them out there. Director Guy Ritchie will head a remake of Treasure Island, and the studio is hoping to make multiple sequels. Of course, they're always hoping that, but uh, we'll see what happens with that. And the remake of The Lone Ranger that's been on and off, it's been pushed back now a month from its May thirty first, 2013 release date. And Ella Fanning will play Princess Aurora, And Angelina Jolie will play Maleficent in Disney's retelling of the Sleeping Beauty story, and it's going to be called Maleficent. That's it for Remake Madness coming up next on On Screen and Beyond. We're going to take a peek at what's coming away as far as upcoming new movies right here on On Screen and Beyond. Upcoming new movies, well Sylvester Stallone and Robert De Niro may join forces and play aging boxers who attempt one last fight in a film called Grudge Match. Now, that sounds like a good one. And Gillian Anderson of X-Files fame will co-star in a sci-fi mystery called I'll Follow You Down, and it's about a scientist who disappears, leaving his wife and child wondering what happened to them. And look for Tom Cruise, as he's going to star in Jack Reacher on December 21st, 2012, as he tries to stop a sniper from shooting people in Pittsburgh. That's it for upcoming new movies. And next on On Screen and Beyond, we take a peek at what's coming away down at uh, Sequel City. Next, sequels coming your way on On Screen and Beyond. Sequel City, well, the sequel to Independence Day is finally going to be making its way with Will Smith. And it's going to arrive in 3D on July 3rd, 2013. It's been a while they've been talking about that. And Despicable Me 2 will also have a July 3rd, 2013 release. And, of course, we've had uh, the two writers of Despicable Me on the show. And if you want to listen to that, go back and look in our rerun section of OnScreenAndBeyond.com. And you can hear it. uh, They get to tell some great stories. And the sequel to X-Men First Class is currently set for a release date on July 18th, 2014. That's it for Sequel City. Coming up next on On Screen and Beyond, what's coming away as far as TV on DVD? We got it next. TV on DVD, well, on August 28th, Two and a Half Men, the complete ninth season without Charlie Sheen now lands in stores. And on September 11th, you can get the complete fifth season of The Big Bang Theory. And on September 18th, you can get all six seasons of The Real McCoys in one package with 224 episodes of The Classic Show. That's it for TV on DVD. Coming up next on On Screen and Beyond, we take a peek at what's coming your way as far as movies on DVD. When are those big movies going to be released on DVD? We got it next, right here on On Screen and Beyond. (laughs) Movies coming your way on DVD. Well, this one here, The Amazing Spider-Man. It isn't even out yet in theaters. They've already announced that it will be on DVD and Blu-ray in November. So get ready for that. They're going to a quick turnaround on that. Will Smith and Tommy Lee Jones are near the top of the charts right now as far as movies with Men in Black 3. And it will be arriving in stores on Blu-ray and DVD in October. And also in October, you can get Snow White and The Huntsman on DVD and Blu-ray. That is it for movies on DVD. Coming up next on On Screen and Beyond, we had a chance to sit down and talk with Alan Sandler, who was the producer of the TV show... Lancelot, link secret chimp now if you haven't ever seen this show it is a riot it, it they, they took a bunch of chimpanzees and actually made a story with them going through all the motions and the talking and everything else and alan we we're going to just talk about all of that how they did it and uh, everything else about the show and it's coming up next right here on on screen and beyond <laughs> Today, my guest on On Screen and Beyond is a producer, a writer, and director who brought us the PSI Factor in the 80s and Lancelot Link Secret Chimp in the 70s. Lancelot Link is now available on DVD with proceeds going to help the Los Angeles Wildlife Way Station. It's Alan Sandler. Alan, thank you so much for joining us here on On Screen and Beyond. Well, thanks
0: for having me. We're just very thrilled that uh, that after this many years that the another generation will be able to appreciate a show that probably never could be done again. I mean, a lot of films have been done with pieces of animals and so on, but never an entire show with all chimpanzees, no doubles, no no fake anything. It was just all really them, there were like six or seven of them that that we used, and they're all... Brought in by a, a fellow by name Frank Inn, who you may remember the name of who he worked with, but he was the original creator of uh, Lassie. Oh, he had okay. The yeah. Lassie series. And uh, and so when we went to talk to him about it, uh, he said, Yeah, well, he doesn't do chimps himself, but he has several trainers that, that they do work with them. That, that, you know, the chimps are fairly well used to being in the movies. And so one of the things that we were very careful and we were concerned about is that we wanted to make sure that this wasn't uh, going to be a problem where any animals get hurt or there's, anything right. goes on like that and yes. so we said that we, the only thing we're going to do is we have to make sure that everybody understands to the, absolutely to the whole thing that no, no nothing can go bad with these chimps and we don't want any forced training or we don't want any things that we hear some of these horrible stories we're real animal lovers So we told Frank that, uh, you know, we were very interested about the animals not being harmed or being, you know, real lovers of animals. And that was one of the things we worked... I've worked with animals a lot, but mainly for commercials. We were a television commercial company, one of the largest in Hollywood. And a lot of educationals and special effects, movie of the week, and so on. But the animals were really a dear thing for us. So what we did is we said, look, let's do it this way. Let me get a copy of the Screen Actors Guild Actors contract. And let's design our contract. Based on the Screen Actors Guild contract, so that they have all the rights, and I'll be their advocate. They'll have all the rights that the contract gives. So I want none of the trainers to, you know, go out of line with this. And everybody loved the idea. Wow. And so that's what happened with them, and they, they, uh, they were treated as such. But now what happened is they all become very primadonnas. You know, everybody's just spoiled. I like to say no, they weren't really spoiled. They were pampered and uh, <laughs> and they were pretty eccentric. <laughs> so uh, we, would, we would shoot, for example. Oh, anyway, we would, we would, we would, when we would shoot the film, we had six cameras, and they would do things in complete sequences, which was kind of interesting. We, we weren't sure that, that that would happen. And, you know, little things, if you know anything about show where they reach and grab a glass of water, right, yeah. sit down and walk out of the room and so forth. Anyway, the, we started, the crew started uh, applauding, after every sequence, them when the director, you know, cut. And so about a week or two afterwards, there was something going on in the set. And they, they didn't applaud one, one time. And the chimps got so unhappy. They were screaming and hollering and doing their, you know, the, under the arms and squawking and dancing around. And then everybody started clapping again, and they stopped. Wow. And they were just really, <laughs> and then they started taking over the chairs. They would sit in the chairs that everybody sat in, you know, the director's chairs, those canvas chairs. Mm-hmm. So we put names on there. On the backs of their chairs, so each one had their own chair, and they would drink a Coke or something, and smoke a cigarette. In those days, everybody smoked. They you don't know, anymore. And uh, so they become very much prima donnas with us. I mean, but they they were loved it. We had one of the uh, one of the girls on the, the shoot, the female chimp, uh, mod Harry, mm-hmm. wore a lot of jewels, jewelry, and she was very picky. When the when the when the when the prop lady would put on the particular bracelet or something, she didn't like it. She'd just pull it right off and throw it halfway across the screen. Really? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> until she found one she liked, and it was fine.
1: Wow. Yeah. I mean, the chips are so amazing.
0: Yeah. yeah. Well, we had, like, you know, Baron Von Butcher had a, a monocle. Mm-hmm. And he, in the beginning, he wore it, you know, and they taught him how to use it. And then he loved it. He wouldn't, he'd walk around with it on it. And <laughs> if it happened to fall, I'd pick it up and put it right back in his eye again. He wanted that monocle on. He felt that was his thing. Wow. That but is a, a, a story, story. That, that really really kind of was interesting, that's the, the only drama we had with, as far as animals versus people, is that the trainer came over to us one day and he said, you know the grip? The grip is the fellow that pushes the sets, mm-hmm. you know, pushes the dolly and moves some of the light stands and so forth. Anyway, he was, looked kind of like a chimp. He was kind of burly and not too tall and hairy. And he kind of walked slumbering, like, you know, but, I mean, you wouldn't think it, but when you see the chimps, you say, hey, God, and everybody was teasing, like, hey, you look at one of the chimps. <laughs> A little bigger, you know, of course. So the guy came over, the one, of the trainers, head trainer came over, and he said to me, Alan, he said, we're afraid that so-and-so, who is the alpha chimp of the group, he's their boss, you know, he's the one that they all think is the leader, uh, thinks that you, we think that he thinks that your grip is, is going to want to take that leadership away from him and so he may attack him one day. He wow. try. They don't kill when they attack They'll just jump on him and push him over or something like that until the guy you know, becomes subservient. You know, he won't, If the guy doesn't fight back, the chimp won't continue to fight with him. Uh-huh. So they warned him and everybody, and they put a trainer along the side with him the whole time. And one day the trainer, who had to go to the bathroom for a minute, just left for a second, and the chimp saw it and grabbed it, ran real, as fast as you could ever see, picked up the grip, threw him across the set. Now, the, the guy didn't get hurt. Uh, you know, because he, he just kind of rolled o- rolled on over, and the, and the and the and the chimp ran over towards him, and the trainer came back and got in front of him and stopped him. You know, they just you know he held his hand, and the chimp the chimp backed off. Yeah, and he said to the guy to the grip, he says, "I want you to come over here if you don't mind. Just trust me. I want you to come over here, get on your knees, so you'll be his height. Not because you're on your knees, but you'll be his height. And look into his eyes and just sit very still." So he came over and he sat in front of the chimp, very still, and the chimp looked at him, and looked at him looked at him, and then he took his one hand and put it on the top of his head, and like, he, like he would a baby, where he would do his hair, mm-hmm. and put the other hand on his shoulder, and then lofted it, and kind of walked away. Uh-huh. And so the guy said, okay, fine, we're good now, but he says, we got to do one more thing. I want you to go over, and I want you to hug him, the chimp. And the guy said, oh, are you crazy? No, he says, trust me. So he went over to the chimp, and he put his arms around him and hugged him, and the chimp hugged him back, and there was never a problem again.
1: Wow. Now, which chimp was that?
0: I can't remember the name. It was one of the bigger ones. It wasn't Lance.
1: Yeah, because some of those were looked like they were pretty big chimps. Yes, they were full size. They were pretty good, pretty good chimps. Wow.
0: Yeah. But you know, the whole thing got started because because uh, Stan and Mike came into my office and wanted to do the show, and they were, you know, they who they were. They were the head writers of the Carol Burnett Show and won the Emmys for that and other things. Get Smart. Two of the top, yeah, Get Smart. That's yeah. what they wanted to so say. Walk into my office and they said, Alan, we want to. They were dear friends of mine. We did a lot of work together.
1: And they said, Alan, we want to
0: do a pilot and we want to do a short on this idea we have. And it was this idea of the Lance Link Show. And so I thought they were nuts, but I, I said, okay, let's do it. So they got a script to me and I called Frank in, who, like I told you, was the lassie trainer. And they got the chimps together and uh, we built the sets. And we just did it. And we thought, well, worst comes worse worst, we'll do it as a short. So it was finished, we took it over to Columbia, I took it over to Columbia, and they bought it, and they put it on as the second show running with the features. Uh, in those days, they had like a cartoon or something, mm-hmm. This was all live. Yeah. And that was successful. And then I said, well, that, everybody was excited because it came out really great. So we went over to ABC, and Marshall Karp, who was head of daytime programming at that time, uh, Saturday morning, and then Michael Eisner, who you heard of, was there. Oh, yes, yeah. yeah. And everybody liked the show, and Chuck Jones, who was the creator of Bugs Bunny. Right, the, yeah. Uh, he was there with them, create, it, it kind of hired to bring on new concepts. And he loved the show. So we went and signed a contract for 17 half hours. Wow. And uh, that's how it started. And... Uh it just was. It
1: was just fantastic. It's amazing. Now the two guys who came up with this idea—what? Stan and Mike. Yeah. How, how did I mean? Was there alcohol involved? With, no, with they don't. Neither
0: the, one, I mean, Mike a little bit, but Stan never, never touched anything. As a matter of fact, we could never get a swear word out of him. Really? Yeah. And 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 it was funny because the day that we started shooting, the crew from the Carol Burnett show, all the writers of the Carol Burnett show. Sent over a big truck with 400 pounds of bananas and, <laughs> and dumped them on the set. But <laughs> so we had bananas for the chimps for the river. Now, what kind of budget was there for this show? It was very high for those days. Yeah, uh, uh, yeah, it was, it was, it was. Uh, you know, it was. It actually was like a. It was. It was. The, it, it, I, I'd rather not say what the. That's okay. Is sure. What yeah. Was not important. But it, it was. It was really, really high. One of the highest for those days. We actually made more money on merchandising than we did on the production because. None of us did it for the money, really. I mean, we sure want to make the money, but we there's a lot of money that went into that production because we wanted it to be so perfect because we knew after about the halfway through it that we'd never do it again. It was just, Not that it was hard. It's just to get it so precise was so, so, I don't know, so intense that we just were so... In, intrigued and, and worn out with the chimps, you know, not because they worked the us that but just the, the, the excitement of it all.
1: Oh yeah. Well, everybody I mean, loves chimps. I mean. Yeah,
0: <laughs> I mean, you know, and then you know, Life Magazine did a four-page, five-page layout inside for us. You know, they they got into it. They did a whole thing on Saturday morning, and they they wanted to uh, to do that. But you know, one of the really cute stories that happened was that uh, we were filming out in Agoura, California. And that's near where they had the. Uh, about a mile away was where they had the uh, Renaissance Fair. Do you know what a Renaissance Fair? Mm-hmm, yep. Yeah. yeah. okay. They had that Renaissance Fair, and it was like the takeoff an old English fair in the right. old day, you know, in the 1800s, 1700s, whatever. Anyway, a lot of hippies went there, and we were shooting a scene that was very much like a like Tonto and the you know in the Lone Ranger type concept. Mm-hmm,
1: I remember that episode. <laughs> yeah.
0: And so the little chimp was a little chimp that played the Tonto character. Was dressed in that. And looked like hippie. If you look, you know, you think about it, it was like what the hippies were kind of dressing up.
1: Yeah, the like beads an old, and everything. Yeah. Yeah, you
0: know, and the, the skirt, like, and so we, uh, all of a sudden, the trainer comes over to me, and says, "Alan, we don't know. We lost the chimp." And so the little chimp was gone, and everybody was just besides themselves. And so we, they had people out looking everywhere. And about four in the afternoon, two hippies with uh, this little guy in the middle of them, who happened to be our chimp, looked like it could have been a kid walked into camp they say we think this is probably yours and we were so thrilled of course And he says boy don't worry he was a, he was a hit of the show everybody loved him no matter where he went he was hugging people he was kissing he said i, I gotta tell you something don't get mad at us but we want to make sure that it's okay uh he uh went ahead and had a cigarette and i said well he smoked you know they, they the crew at that time smoked, so they would follow the crew mm-hmm. and then he says they we gave him a beer and then on the way back, we gave my head a couple of hits of marijuana. And he was a little higher than the kite, but he was okay. But he, he was just really one of
1: those <laughs> little chimps looked at us with dropped, you know. So that was the end of the, the, the shots for today, right? For him, yeah. 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 But anyway,
0: but he was hugging the kids he was with, so they took real
1: good care of him. Huh, that's that's funny. Uh, now, with a show like that, um, I mean, I watched the show, and I remember as a kid and, and watching it again now, um, I. I see it, and it's just amazing how you could get a, a story and get the chimps to do everything they had to do. Was it difficult to train the chimps to do those things? We thought it was going to be, but what the, uh,
0: Frank Inn came up with an idea because he says the chimps so much love the attention they're getting that they're really not upset about what they're doing at all. I mean, they they love the attention. They love being with the people, and they love the, the people putting clothes on them, and, and you know, and combing their hair, and you know, they just was, and they were free. You know, they were, they were, they weren't weren't bound up too badly. Uh, they had to be kept in size, good sized cages, of course, so they wouldn't run off. But they, they, got to a point where they didn't really want. They loved it. They loved getting on the horses and everything else. And so, what happened was, is he said, let's try complete sequences rather than doing it like we do in kids shows. You know, mm-hmm. let's do where they do from the beginning of it. Maybe a three-minute scene. And let's try and do the entire three minutes without cutting. Well, of course, we had six cameras, so we would catch every angle. Right. And so they tried it that way in a general thing without trying to get them to do any specific thing exact. So they would want them to, let's say, get up off a couch, go open a door. Some other chimp would walk in. They'd walk over and sit down. The phone would ring, pick up the phone. So they ran through this kind of a concept a few times, and the chimps just did it. Wow. Now, it didn't mean we had to, didn't have to go in and reshoot, obviously. Right, we didn't yeah. do with humans. But they did it so well that the coverage was so good that we didn't need, there was nothing, not a lot of inserts. Like usually if he goes over to, to open the door, you'd have to insert of a, of a chimp's hand opening the door. We didn't have to do that. It was caught on the other camera. Jeez. It was with the same chimp. There was no doubling. There was no anything. And uh, so that was pretty easy. A the, the little more concern was with the uh, with trying to get them uh, lip sync. So what we did is we came up with the different chimps had different had to use different uses to get their mouths to move, because we didn't have what they have today those electronic things will make them look like human mouths. Mm-hmm. Yeah. which I'm glad because I want them to look like the chimpanzee's mouth. Yeah. So we found some of them would we wanted to have them move. They wrote the guys wrote Stan might wrote had the, with all their different writers wrote the scripts. Uh, that was I didn't write. By the way, you mentioned that I was one of the writers, and I did write. I did do a few lines here and there, but basically, I wasn't. I was the producer of the show more than I was the writer. Mm-hmm. But yeah. that's fine. I did do some of it, but I just want to clarify that because Stan and Mike and their writing team were just phenomenal. I could never compete with them. But you know, a line here and there, I could always throw in. So anyway, they uh, they had to. They wrote a script so it was for humans. So it was exact timing. Everything was exactly what it should be for for the length of the show the sequence we were doing. So when it came to the time for they were to talk and actually words in their mouth, we devised different ways that they would move their mouth open and close so that they would do it in a kind of a beat, like you. So we had a beat, so it hit a vowel like, "Hello," you know. So the mouth would open up. You mm-hmm. know. I am, you know. So the mouth, would, I open and am, the mouth would close. So the only way we could do it, some of them would move their mouth where the trainer would teach them how to when they put their fingers up and down, like you know, you take your forefinger and your thumb and move it together. Yeah. And they would kind of. Open and close their mouth equal to that. That was just a couple. Then a couple had to eat bubble gum. The bubble gum would chew it, and then we they, because we found out that they would chew to a base a beat that we could actually put words into the beat. You know, since then stopped. Because mm-hmm. when the trainer would yell stop, he would stop chewing. And oh, chew. You know, they would learn at least that 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 much. And then Lance Link was one. He had to eat peanut butter, and that got his mouth going. Wow, 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 that's why he got his mouth so flappy. Yeah, yeah. So by doing that, uh, Stan and Mike were on the set, and uh, as the, we would, we would, he would know the words from the script, and so Stan and Mike would m- mouth the word, and and we wanted to make sure that the chimp mouth and, would open and close two Stan. So of course they had a lot of rewriting on the set at the time to make different words work, you know, or faster. The chimps would have had live a lot, you know, they do a lot of blah 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 blah, you know, <laughs> and so there's one scene in the cold scene where he says, "I am very cold," and and then he had to go. And then he did on his own, because he, the words were was bothering his lips or something, not bothering him, but itching him. Mm-hmm. So we used that and actually dubbed in the, the, the sounding like he was cold. So we went on the, on the sound stage to record uh, to the picture. The actors had a pretty easy time. I mean, they had to change a few things here and there and change the speed of how fast a word would be said or whatever. And it really worked very well, actually. I would say it probably worked almost as good as if they were doing it to a foreign movie.
1: Yeah. Well, Bernie Capel, we had him on the show just recently. Oh, he's great. Oh, yeah, he's riot. And he (laughs) was saying that it was one particular scene that he remembers where Lance, for some reason, kept his mouth open for an extended period of time, so Bernie had to ad-lib a big yawn or something. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Oh, Oh, uh, yeah, I remember him doing that. <laughs> yeah, that's amazing. I mean, he, but, was so God, uh, he was so great. Oh, yeah, he's... Yeah. And Dayton Allen was terrific. Yeah, yeah. Jeez. Now, uh, you know, the saying goes, never work with animals and kids. <laughs> <laughs> For, uh-huh. Uh-huh. Now, do you find that that is true after going through this show? No, because I've worked a lot with kids. So I, you know,
0: our educational film business was huge. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we did 350-so educational films. That we're all kids. And the animals, I worked quite a bit with in commercials where we did Friskies and you know some of the dog food, and cat food, and so forth. And no, I thought the animals were wonderful, and I thought the kids were fantastic. I like working with kids and animals more than I like to working with the adults. Yeah, personally, geez. I mean they were just they were such characters. I mean, talk about personalities. You just see the personality coming out. Uh, you know, when 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 you when you work with these guys, it's just no, they, they, they they loved it. I mean, it was just it, that was what was so exciting
1: about it. Is the, we get on the set every morning, and they were just as excited to get there as we were. Yeah, they were so human-like. I mean, was, when I watched the scenes uh, when they had the, the guitars and the drums, the Evolution Revolution there, mm-hmm. uh, they, they actually looked like they were, I mean, obviously not doing the song, but they, they were playing the drums, they were playing the guitar, and all of that. Uh, was there a lot of cutting that you had to do for no, that?
0: Almost, you know, it's funny you say that, because what happened, we thought that we were going to have lots of trouble. You know, we pre-recorded the music first, yeah. And then, and then it was played back on the set while the chimps were playing on their instruments. And lo and behold, three of the chimps were picked up the beat. Wow. So the piano player, Lance on the on the guitar, and uh, and the drummer were the three that were able to hit the beats of the music. And we couldn't understand for the life of us how they knew to do that, but that's, they did. That's amazing. And so there was very little cutting. I mean, sure, we had to intercut the shots. Oh yeah. The different chimps and everything, and the thing would be out of. Think a little bit here and there, and but it was not a horrible thing. We thought it'd be terrible, and that that ended up being really easy. Huh. Yeah. Now, who sang the songs? Oh, you're going to ask me those names, I can't remember. <laughs> Bob Emeneiger was the was the fellow that did all the music for us. and he Another good friend. It was interesting because all the people working on the show were were very close friends of
1: mine. Ah. Okay. And
0: Stan and Mike. So Bob hired the guys that did the. He did. He he was the creative director at, at Grey Advertising. Uh, head creative director, and he had, they did all these jingles and everything, he wrote all the jingles, and so he brought in some of the group that did some of that stuff, did a lot of that stuff, so they were really good. Matter of fact, I think that the Evolution Revolution album, if you listen to it today, is contemporary enough that no one would know it was done 40 years ago. Right, yeah, yeah. Matter of fact, ABC, uh, Yeah. everybody was just, it was one of those times in your life that was one of the great fun times, but then we'd never want to read try and recreate it. You never could.
1: Well, I was going to ask you, after that experience, would you ever do it again?
0: No. Uh, and Not because it was negative, because we did it, and we're happy we did it, and who knows if we could ever do it again. And then today with the technology, I'm not sure it would be the same. They'd want to put the mouth movements in, like I said, that we're electronically. Yeah.
1: But you know, it's like you say, it's not the same. No. You know, I mean, they can now, you know of it's course... Fake.
0: It's a cartoon then.
1: Yeah. yeah. Nothing
0: we did was animated except the titles. You know, even that wasn't animated.
1: Yeah, yeah. And, you know, nowadays, of course, they had Planet of the Apes recently, and it was all CGI and everything like that. Right. But, but there's always that fake look to it, no matter how good they are at it. And don't get me wrong, they're very good at
0: it. Well, but, yeah. But, 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 you know, Planet of the Apes wasn't real apes anyway. Right. They were all costumes. As a matter of fact, a very dear friend of mine, Rod Serling, who created that, uh, would would tell me always that, you know, that was one of the things. that He always made the wrong decision, he said. He says, I always took a percentage on the movies that didn't do well, and I took a
1: payroll, and they were huge hits. <laughs> <laughs> Why did you decide to release the DVD at this time? Uh, that's a good question and uh,
0: the answer, so I'm going to give it to you. Uh, I was noticing people were calling me say, hey, Lance Link's all over the Internet. I said, how could it? We never released it. And so I started looking at some of the scenes, and I was really, God, somebody must have really stole some make prints or taking it off the air or whatever and they already there's one segment here and a segment there and they were being released and sold and so i called abc and i said hey what are you going to do about stopping this and they said well you know we would love to but it just didn't pay us to there's no reason to i said well then i think i'm going to go do it and they said fine and then so i went out and i started looking at what was going on and i found uh i said i, I need to get our shows out and get these off so we got our our copyrights all in order and you know, up, updated, which they were, everything fine, got it all legal together. We got a hold of this company called Film Chest, who really young guys, nice guys, they're releasing the film. And they went ahead and they're in the process of just about gotten everybody off the air that was on on it. And so I said, shit, then that's the case. And Film Chest said, we want to take it and release it. And if you, you know, we'll clear the copyrights and all that and give you a nice advance and go for it. So we really like the kids. They're neat guys. They're in their 40s. And they absolutely love Lance Link. They're 48, I think, is what they are. 48, 49, and they love Lance Link, and they know the, They know the the market and everything in you know in the release, and but they don't know much about television to be speaking mm-hmm. as such. But they're really good at, the, at what they're doing for the DVDs, and they want to go into the tele into the market. So we may be talking about re-releasing the series into the into cable. We're not sure yet. We're oh. talking about it. But that's why we decided the guy was one. That was terrible. Mike. I mean, I would never release something that looked that bad. And we have all the originals from ABC, so we made the masters from the from the originals, so the
1: quality is really good. It is yes. I, I've you know I had I've seen it, and it's it looks so much better than somebody like you say who just put it up there, taping mm-hmm. it off TV or something, and and uh, it's oh, yeah, it's just amazing how yep. good the quality is. So we're stopping all that, but uh, so we're really we're really happy with 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 it going
0: out, not so much for the money we make or not make that. We're going to get, like I said, it goes to the way station film. But, but it's, it's, it's really nice that a new generation is going to be able to see it.
1: Yeah. Uh, now, yeah. have you visited uh, Lance? Of- yes,
0: went down there. We did. As a matter of fact, one of, the, uh, uh, one of the DVDs, one of the discs in the three-pack is us doing a, a documentary on how it got made. And I went down and talked to Lance. And I think the story I told you about the peanut butter and everything mm-hmm. was on that. And uh, and so we're going to try and make him the kind of the spokesperson or poster boy for the uh, animal world. Wow! So how and, old is is
1: uh Lance? Oh, he's gotta, <laughs> be,
0: gotta be fifty.
1: Fifty? No, is that do apes uh, uh, chimps? No, they don't
0: usually live. Uh, from what I understand, they live. You know, they, I mean, he could be forty-seven. I think he was about five years old when we worked with him, so i would make him about forty-five now.
1: Yeah. Did he recognize
0: you? You think he did? There's no question. We went out there and uh, and uh, saw him. And uh, I, we, 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 I was talking to him and showed him pictures of things, and he kind of remembered the characters. He really kind of got excited. And uh, w- one of the things I said for sure that we would know who he was is if we, if we gave him a peanut butter sandwich. And then so when he did, we knew it was him, and wow. was us. And so you know we, we're really pleased that he's still alive and, and really <laughs> healthy, and living with four nice ladies. Really, yeah.
1: Now, is I, I've never seen it. So, uh, is the LA Wildlife uh, Way Station is that some place people can visit, or is it just a?
0: They used to be able to. And they had some problems with the road with people being able to come out there now. But it's the it's the, not the Los Angeles, but the Wildlife Way Station. Mm-hmm. And uh, they uh, there's on our on our website, which is, uh, LancelotLinkSecretChimp.com, dot com. Mm-hmm. It gives uh, ways they can go talk, see them, and talk about the show and everything. And, and Amazon.com, you know, it's got a big thing on it. And yeah, it's just, it's just, uh, uh, it's all out there. And you know,
1: yeah. Well, well we're I'll definitely let... going to put a link on our website, um, oh, cool. and people can just click on it. It'll take them, you know, to your website. And
0: uh... yeah, and that'll tell them how to get to the wave Station and tell them all, all this, a lot of things that not everything I told you, but some of the things yeah. will be on there, and how it got started. And, Little background of the show, and you know where they can get it and so forth
1: yeah. now, I just want to touch briefly on uh your career itself uh, The chimps haven't all been the only thing that you've been <laughs> dealing with over the years. Um, I noticed that you uh you produced and wrote the concept for the p s i factor. Yeah. And also several uh, documentaries on um, UFOs. Uh, with and you mentioned Rod Serling. Yeah. Uh, so uh, is, is that something you're interested in, or is that uh, something I was that
0: very interested? We did a whole series. of We did uh, with a lot of work with Bill Shatner was a, a friend. And we did a thing on hypnosis to try and prove that yeah. the, uh, the uh, hypnosis. Uh, we worked with the government and so forth, and got some of the top people to work with us on that. And UFOs were very interested in it. it was uh, We worked uh, at a real tie, close tie with the government. So everything we had on it was working with the government primarily. And it was nominated for Golden Globe. Yeah. And, uh, we had Burgess Meredith and Jose Ferrer on that show.
1: Right, yeah. And then
0: we did a whole bunch of, we did a, a several, a lot of those shows of, the, of that type. And then we did, uh, we did some movies, movies of the week type stuff. Nothing oh. huge. Our biggest part of our business was television commercials. We did the original uh, when, when Mustang Nitty came out on the Mustang for Coca when they released the yeah. Mustang. And we, did, we, did, we were one of the biggest television commercial companies uh, anywhere. I mean, we were in the top three or four companies in the country in the world doing television commercials. So that's where our, our thing was very heavy in that area. Mm. Also educational films. We produced over 350 educational films. Huh. In uh, you know in that area, it was one of the one of the well known people in that. But we tried a couple of features, and they didn't do too well. <laughs> they broke even, so I guess we were lucky. Yeah. yeah. But uh, we had quite a few. I had you know I had ten directors on staff, and we had a yeah. large studio in
1: Hollywood. Now those those uh, the U F O's uh, with Rod Serling and uh, Burgess Meredith, you were talking about. Uh-huh. Uh, is that available on D V D or?
0: Uh, I'm not sure. Uh, four Star Productions had, had the release on those, and now that we're talking about it, I'm going to call them tomorrow and find out what's going on.
1: Yeah. I, I'm just, I always watch those shows. I love shows like that, so yeah, I was uh-huh. just curious.
0: Yeah, I'm sure. It was it was one of the ones that they're still talking about. We did a book on it, too, called UFOs, Past, Present, and Future. Ah. It sold a million, one hundred thousand copies in the first three months. Wow. Yeah. Jeez. It came out at the same time we released the show. one. Huh.
1: Now, Alan, I'm going to finish up with two final questions. Sure. Um, Taking us away from everything that we've been talking about, uh, more of a personal note. The first one, as far as yourself personally, what are your favorite TV shows of all time, either or both new shows or old shows, things that you just kick back and watch?
0: Well, I'm kind of the kind of person that doesn't watch it a second time usually. Mm Mm-hmm. You know, I like seeing it once, and then I do it. Of course, I, I, you know, when you look at Seinfeld, I think it's kind of hard to beat anything. that I mean, that's just to me the classic of all time. Yeah. I just, you know, I'm, of course, I grew up a little earlier than you guys. I'm 78 years old now, but feel young, and you know, still do my karate and, and everything. Mm-hmm. But uh, the uh, the 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 shows that were that, that that I really liked at the time were the like the Ernie Kovacs show and. The, yeah, Steve Allen show which Stan Miklos, you know, and uh, I, had, I was in that era of all the, all those big shows of the, you know, the all the the uh, Milton Berle shows and uh. and you know, all of those things. So I really love those, you know, like like, uh, just they were they were just the classics, and they just don't do those anymore. Right. Yes. Sorry that they don't. Uh, I don't know, you know, it's an interesting. You want to hear something very special? We were we were one of the companies and commercials that did a lot of research we spent 10% of our income on research worked with Kodak company and to develop new ways of thinking and the movie came out called man and a woman I don't know if you remember that I'm and it sure. was one of the classic lighting jobs of all time and we, we actually copied some of that kind of lighting and created some of our own and I was about about a year ago I was thinking because I taught uh, for a while hour, about a a year and a half I taught at the college, until I couldn't deal with college people anymore. But it, it dawned on me that we're losing that look. In other words, with the new electronic cameras and the lighting that they're doing, mm-hmm. you don't get that look anymore. It's, so, it's very real, but it's not artistically real. Yeah. I can't give you exactly what it was. So I was going to set up a prog- program and fund it, teach some of the kids coming out of school or some of the uh, people that are in the, into coming out into cinematography. To get away from some of that kind of electronic look, because you can still do it if you light it right and use some of the older type of lighting. Yeah. And we found out that most of the kids that would be into that area feel that what we did is kind of old hat, and they think that their stuff is the happy stuff. Yeah. <laughs> and it blew my mind. It'll come back again one day, but so we were going to, you know, do the old lighting the way you would do it, like you did the old Rembrandt paintings and the soft look and the gorgeous, mm-hmm. you know, hues. And They don't want it anymore. They want the, what they see on the on the video games, which I can't not. You know, music
1: changes. Why not the look?
0: Right. Yeah. I look at their stuff. It looks great, but it's so it's so real. I don't know
1: where the art is. Yeah. Well, I, you mentioned lighting, and I always notice in older pictures that the star, the female star, would always have a soft look, and somehow I don't know how they do it, but the around the eyes, it would be brighter.
0: Uh, right, of and, course.
1: And I, and I don't know how they did that.
0: But. Well, we do it with two things. You know, that was one of the things we were going to teach us. The lens you use, for example, you use a lens that has a short focal length of, let's say, an inch or two. Mm-hmm. And you do a close-up of somebody's face. You can make the eye as sharp as you want the rest of it, slightly soft. They also had, what, we had lights that they don't use anymore today. We have these pinpoint lights that I could actually shoot a light so it would maybe just light a, a one-inch square oh, okay. on, a, on a scene. You know, and you get two or three. So you got a lot more lighting. It's a lot faster the way they do it today. Mm-hmm. I mean, these lenses are so fast; you need almost no light. Yeah. And but to get the moods that they did, look at some of the old black and white films and so forth. Uh, it it's just uh, it's just too bad that they're. I mean, I shouldn't say it's too bad. It's just, it's progress.
1: Yeah. They're doing a
0: whole new media, a whole new look, and uh, and and it, it, you know, they just they're just getting a different look, and I can't say they're wrong, but I certainly yeah. don't like it as well.
1: Well, back. Uh... I think it was on on the TV show Moonlighting. I don't know if you remember that it was Sylvia yes, Shepherd. Right. And Bruce, uh, they had some Wasn't shows. That Bruce Willis? Bruce Willis, yes, yeah. and and they had some scenes where they had her eyes like the old the old fifties, forties, thirties movies, and uh-huh. and I always noticed that. <laughs>
0: that's right, but they can't do it with the cameras they have today.
1: Yeah, they're too sensitive. Yeah, so they have well,
0: to change the apertures and lighting was my key. You know, that's what I love doing. Yeah. if you notice on the chimps. We lit them so that you know, it was very hard to light the dark, the dark, the dark faces.
1: Right, I'm sure. Yeah, and
0: so we had to do it so it wasn't too hot for them, and uh, and and still get the look. So it worked.
1: Yeah. What about movies? What's your favorite movies of all time?
0: Uh, my favorite movie is uh, is that one with uh, well, Midnight in Paris. Did you see that? Oh yeah, yeah. That was one of my one of the great movies. Of course, the other one was the one Forrest Gump. Ah uh, yes, which I think Forrest Gump was maybe the classic of all times. Of course, you go back to the horror films that I don't like, and you look at Kubrick stuff, and he held you every minute of the time. Mm-hmm. You know, when he did Clockwork Orange, which is a classic.
1: Yeah,
0: yeah. those are the ones I like. Uh, mainly, I like comedy, so I like the, I like these, uh, you know, these uh, these what they call girly films. I don't
1: know why I did like those. Yeah. Well. Alan, I got to tell you, I enjoy watching *Lancelot Link* so much because it brought back a lot of memories, and it's just a fun show. And it's something that I think all generations, uh, especially kids that are growing up now, can enjoy. I think it's a great thing that you've released, and uh, I thank you for that. And uh, I thank you for being a guest on our show. Well, I appreciate it very much, and I love
0: love the fact that you have the interest. Um. And we'll keep you posted what's cooking. <music>
1: Fascinating stories direct from the man who brought us Lancelot Link secret chimp, Alan Sandler. And he was the producer of the show. And I love hearing those stories about that. It just must be fascinating to work with those chimps like that. And uh, if you get a chance, um, you know, we had Bernie Capel on the show uh, about two weeks ago. And uh, Bernie was, of course, one of the voices of, uh, actually, a couple of the voices on the sh- on the show. And uh, he was uh, most notably for Baron Von Butcher, who was uh, the the bad guy on the thing, and uh, he uh, was on here. And uh, if you get a chance, listen to Bernie's. Uh, He talks about that. He talks about Love Boat and everything else, too. But uh, he talks about that, and uh, then listen to Alan talk about it, and you get a really good concept of what went on, and then go out and get it, because it's going to help. Tonga, who uh, I guess is the real name of Lance Link, and um, it's uh, j- just a good cause that'll help uh, him to have a a life, uh, you know, in retirement. So uh, if you get a chance, go to that. And of course, on onscreenandbeyond.com, we have a link where you can just click and go right to the website, lancelotlinksecretchimp.com. And you can get all the information you want about uh, the the DVD and everything. And, of course, we have a place where you can just click right on onscreenabeyond.com, and you can go out and buy the DVD if you'd like. So it'll help us out, and we appreciate that. And it'll help the chimp out and everything. So I hope you'll go out and do that. And let's see, what else here? Uh, If you are on Facebook, uh, go ahead and like us. We can... uh, Get to us just by going to onscreenandbeyond.com. Scroll down to the bottom, and right there we have a link that will take you right to us. Or if you're out on Facebook land, whatever, you know how to get there. So, And let's see what else. If you're on iTunes, we'd appreciate it very much if you would uh, put up a, uh, you know, a little uh, review for us. Uh, because the more people that put reviews down, uh, somehow iTunes will uh, let more people know about what other people are listening to. And then we turn around and get more people listening to On Screen and Beyond, and it's just uh, the big revolving door there. So we'd appreciate it if you would uh, put a five-star review for us up there. We'd uh, help us out. And uh, if you are uh, gonna buy something from uh, a sponsor that we have at uh, On Screen and Beyond.com, just go there. And uh, if you're gonna go there anyways to uh, to get something at their site, if you if they are one of the sponsors at On Screen and Beyond, just click on our site on their ad and it'll take you to them and uh, it'll help uh, you know support us that you've gone to them through us. So if uh, that's about it, I think it's a wrap Uh, next week. Oh, next week we have, uh, if everything goes well, we have a very, very special guest coming your way and I hope you're going to join us and I hope it all works out. So we have that guest and I hope you're going to be here because uh, it's a wrap for this week, but next week, We'll be doing it all again, so I hope you'll join us when we once again take you on screen and beyond. I'm Brian Zimrak. Take care.